Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why do they call them hot water heaters when hot water does not need to be heated? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment, and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange supernatural unusual bizarre and just plain weird if you've just tuned in especially to hear the show then i admire your taste if you've just tuned in by accident then i admire your luck i am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the midwest plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door so snuggle under your covers turn out your light and hold on tight the rules are very simple points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror extra points will be available for shock and awe value to help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited, just gone past 10 o'clock on a Friday night on darkmatterradio.net. What could possibly go wrong? Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and ethervescent Heather Morris... She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather wondered all week if Roman paramedics refer to IVs as just fours. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello. That's a very cerebral joke, isn't it, to start the show off? If people didn't understand that, you can go back and listen to that on our archives. But trust me, it is actually very funny. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim had sleepless nights this week, wondering how a product can be new and improved. If it is new, what is improved upon? Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. That's true, though, isn't it? When they say new and improved, where's, where's, where's the improvement made? We also have with us tonight the analytical and sceptical mind of Greg Gore. Greg is our tech expert and sound engineer. He owns and operates more leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. And without him, my microphone wouldn't work and I would be completely muted. Greg realised this week... If his parents would have just christened him with the name Anonymous, 
he could have got away with a lot more in his life. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Greg. Yeah, well, that would be true. Why couldn't you name a kid Anonymous? Anonymous Gore sounds like a fabulous name, doesn't it? That would work. We are on Series 2, Episode 16. 16 is a fabulous number, of course. 16 is the coming of age and has inspired many songs over the years. So to get early points on the ball tonight, I'm going to ask you for a song that involves the title 16. Does anyone want to step forward? Heather. 16 Candles. 16 Candles. You have gained yourself a point. Does anyone else want to jump in with a song revolving around the theme Sweet of 16? 16. There you go. We're on a roll. Neil Sadaka, of course. Kim, you are currently on one as well. Does anyone else want to have a stab at that, Greg? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, popular culture isn't high on Greg's list of things he's good at. You could have had. Does anyone else want to get some more points? You can grab some more. You can play at home. It won't get you any points, but you can play at home. I shall go through the list. You're welcome to jump in. Happy birthday, Sweet 16. You're 16, Sweet 16, Sweet Little 16, and 16 Candle. In the fairy tale story of Sleeping Beauty, a spell is cast that when she reaches her 16th birthday, she will prick her finger on a spinning wheel and sleep. So some sort of textiles-based industrial accident she could probably get um, compensation for. I, of course, had a fairy tale marriage. Um, it was grim. 16 <laughs> early use of the inappropriate bell 16 is the legal drinking age if you're in germany belgium switzerland austria italy and portugal and what's very interesting coming from europe and knowing those countries very well is uh, your legal drinking age is 21 in this state is that correct correct it's very interesting that when you're allowed to drink at 16 and, and children in france for example are, are, are um, have wine watered down with their dinner and so forth if you grow up in a community and with a family where drinking wine and having alcohol responsibly is something you do as in the case with these countries here you don't find people rolling around in the gutter a friday night in their own urine feces and, and vomit and so forth and they drink very responsibly so it's very interesting that when children are brought up in that culture and you have a legal drinking age of 16 it actually uh, improves their behavior and it's not seen as something that's uh, out of the ordinary or something you need to try and do to impress your friends and so forth does that all make sense yes. i have three americans at the moment looking at me as if i'm mental no i agree okay this is true i did have a woman rent a room off me many years ago that was german and she went out on a saturday night in london and london's one of the biggest capital cities in the world and there's all manner of things there including the red light district um, she came back early Sunday morning and she looked like she'd just climbed out of the trenches of the First World War. Her eyes were wide like saucers and she had that thousand-yard stare. So uh, that took her by surprise somewhat, having come from the country of Germany. There are 16 different personality types in the Mays-Briggs psychological classification system. I'm, I'm sure by the end of the evening I would have probably gone through all of those. I was actually once told by my therapist that I was a paranoid schizophrenic um, he never actually said that, but we knew that's what he was thinking. <laughs> oh, and don't forget one more thing about 16. You're not getting any extra points for this. Uh, Go on, let's hear it. 16 is the driving age. It mm -hmm. is, yes. This is true. And in Britain, and, I believe... Or at least in the US. Yeah, I think in Britain that's gone up to maybe 19. I've not been there for a few years, but uh, it seems very young to be in charge of, you know, two tons of killing machines, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think there's many countries in the world where the driving age is as young as 16 as it is in America. What's the youngest you can be on a farm and drive uh, vehicles, Greg? A licensed vehicle is 15 if you have a permit. 
Yeah, I had a friend of mine that came from Ira, and he said he was allowed to drive a uh, a semi that was carrying timber and logs, and he was allowed to drive that at 14 if you're within 20 or 25 miles of the farm. And he got pulled over by a police officer, and they couldn't believe a 14-year-old kid was driving a semi filled with lumber. And uh, it was all very legal, and the policeman had to let him go, and he was shaking his head saying, I can't believe it, because he was within a certain mileage of the farm or the site they were working on. But I know that's to be true. And, of course, in this country, every state has its own laws and its own rules. So we haven't even started the show yet, and Heather and Kim have raced into an early lead, knowing a song that had 16 in it. I had a very interesting week, actually. I must tell you very briefly about my week. A couple of weeks ago, you may remember on the show that uh, we went out, as the International Paranormal Society, we went out to a house in a place called Sandbourne, which is a small town of maybe four or 500 people in the southwest of Minnesota, because a young lady had written to us and said she was having hauntings in her house and she was worried. And uh, this was on our website, interparanormal.net. You can write to us on there. And we sent a team out to see what was in the house. Um, I did talk about those hauntings several weeks ago, so I'm not going to go through that again. And if you wish to listen to our archive shows, you can go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA Radio, and the last two years' worth of shows are on there for you. But while we was there, they mentioned that there was a gentleman that had died at the railway crossing, and this has become an urban legend in this town because no one remembers the date, and they don't even know if this actually happened anymore or whether it's just a kind of urban legend a wives tale and the gentleman was called lewis miller and he was found decapitated on the railway lines at the railway crossing in sanborne minnesota and it's believed that he was actually murdered and his body was laid out to make it look like he'd committed suicide or had an accident well already i'm interested now because as a paranormal investigator i can see a chapter in a forthcoming book that says you know decapitated ghost haunts railway crossing sounds fabulous So the first thing I did was we went to the local graveyard and it's only an acre because it's a small town. But back in the day when you died in a town because of a lack of refrigeration and a lack of motorized transport, you basically got buried, you know, where you died. They didn't ship you back to California or or move you between states and so forth because your body would get rather smelly, I would suspect. So I went and found this guy's name in the graveyard and this gave me the date of the 3rd of March 1910 for his death. I then this week went to Redwood Falls, um, Redwood Falls, Redwood County Library, and uh, I looked through their microfiche and I looked at all the local newspapers for 1910 around about the 3rd of March. And I found this gentleman. There was, in fact, a guy that died at the railway crossing. He was decapitated. They did think initially it was suicide, but they do think now that he was perhaps after the inquest murdered because they found that money was missing in his wallet and he had bruises on his right arm. So uh, if you're defending yourself from being attacked, you know, I've watched a couple of episodes of CSI. You put your arm up to defend yourself and you have bruises on your arm. So I actually found this guy and I found this history and uh, this has been lost to the knowledge of man. So I was very excited to reintroduce this to the canon of uh, Minnesotan history. So in the near future, perhaps in the next couple of weeks, now I'm armed with all the facts and I know who the guy was and what happened to him. I'd be interested to talk to his ghost if it's there loitering at the railway crossing and I'll ask him who did it and uh, what happened to him. So we shall see what happens. But I love that concept of being a Sherlock Holmes type detective and tracking all this down and uh, finding lost history makes me very happy and very excited. So uh, I do love history. I have a T-shirt that says I'm a historian. I'll only be interested in you when you're dead which actually didn't go down very well when i was president of the salk center historical society and all the women were there in their 80s 
But uh, I'm used to uh, creating <laughs> problems and a fuss, I guess, is where we are. The last thing before we move on, my latest book is now available in a paperback edition. So if you go onto Amazon, my book, How to Be a Christian Psychic, What the Bible Says About Mediums, Healers and Paranormal Investigators, is now available as a paperback on Amazon through Calumet Editions. We now sprint into our first round that is Ghosts and Hauntings with our broken K2 meter and our flashlight at the railway crossing in Sanborn. I have a story here that says, is this a ghost? Hospital worker takes Snapchat picture of a dead girl outside a children's ward. A hospital worker says he took a spooky picture of what appears to be a ghostly figure near a children's ward. Andrew Milburn was texting his girlfriend at Leeds General Infirmary on Friday night, just before starting his night shift. The 21-year-old sent her a Snapchat image of a corridor on the hospital's Clarendon wing, but says he had no idea the picture appeared to show the ghostly-looking figure. Andrew told Mirror Online, I sent her a picture as I walked to my office. Unbeknown to me at the time, it appears that I captured a ghost figure in the corridors. I've since put this picture on Facebook. It has received thousands of likes and comments and has been shared as far as America. In America, too, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> it has also been shared onto paranormal investigation groups, many of which believe the picture is real. He said a number of colleagues at the hospital have heard footsteps at that spot when no one was there. They've seen a few odd things, he said. Now people are a bit scared and apprehensive about going to the loo. I've been apprehensive about going to the loo ever since we started doing this show. In the last two years, there must have been at least ten stories of all kinds of things that have leapt out of the... Octopuses have come out of the loo, spiders, strange animals cryptozoology you're sat there minding your own business working out your week's viewing with the local newspaper and before you know where you are something's bitten you on the bottom from the deepest deepest depths of your <laughs> toilet bowl i hover now i'm a hoverer i even consider going in the sink sometimes just to avoid you know oh i know you have to poke it down with a stick but it stops me from worrying about octopuses coming up and kissing my <laughs> most delicate sweetmeats is where we are a number of people on facebook claim that the image has been photoshopped Something Andrew denies. I didn't used to believe in ghosts. I was always sceptical. They always say that every week, don't they? Every story we read out, there's a line in it that says, I never used to believe, but now I do, and I've always been sceptical. Every week, yeah, this yeah. is. It's like a cliche. I promise not to read out any more cliches from now on, okay? That's all water <laughs> under the bridge now. <laughs> Other claims, others claim the image may have been created using an app called Ghost Capture, which allows users to place a pre-existing ghost image into their own photographs. Hang on, a pre-existing ghost image? That's quite impressive that you can find an actual picture of a ghost and then transpose it onto a picture that you want, isn't it? Sure. That means the ghost picture has to exist in the first place, doesn't it? Unless you get some little boy dressed up as a Dickensian girl, know, girl with a <laughs> some little boy dressed up as a Dickensian girl. What, what, what Oliver Twist was you watching? Might I add? <laughs> but it's true. You're sat there with your flat cap on, with a bit of you know coal dust around your face, holding a chimney sweep's brush, and you know before you know where you are, you're all over Facebook, and you're even touching parts of America. Who knew? such things heather what have you got for me in the round oh kim's going next is she yeah i'm being told that kim has a story that i need to listen to leeds general infirmary ghost hoax oh there we go 
Wow. Let, let me finish my sentence. Christ. You two have been working on this, haven't you? You had a pile of stories there, knowing full well that I would cover this because it's been in the week news. Yes. And you waited for me to read that out. Yes, we and did. And before the piece of paper's even hit the bin or the floor, you're now reading out a response. Look at the two of you. You're both, you've, I tell you what, you're both back to zero. I've had enough of you two. That's still a high five, isn't it? No high fives. You see me after the class has finished. I'll be getting onto the phone with your mothers. Go on then. Throw my story asunder. It isn't even Halloween season. Of course yet it's there not. there seems to be an explosion of people trying to pass off photos that have been digitally altered with the help of any number of ghost cam applications as the real deal. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Several times a day I find myself posting screenshots of different app menus trying to show people that the ghost is nothing more than a prank. There we are. One of the more prolific photos being shared all over social media was featured recently on a British news website, The Mirror. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I wonder where mine came from. (laughs) The article claims that Andrew Milburn, a 21-year-old employee of Leeds General Infirmary... That's the guy who was taking a picture for his girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, I heard this story recently. (laughs) You're sick. Both of you, you're sick. Even after numerous people wrote in proving that the image is from a ghost app, Milburn maintains that he did not alter his photo or is otherwise trying to hoax anyone. However, it is clear to most people that the image is indeed a ghost app. Okay. (laughs) Except for those people that must be really, really stupid. It has been transposed in the photo, but is clearly the same image of a young girl in a white dress posed at an angle. There we are. So the names of some of the ghost apps that we should be watching out for, and if you're going to be a ghost investigator, you need to become familiar with these pictures so you know when this is happening. Wow, she's got her mother's finger out and she's pointing at me. I'm scared. (laughs) I promise to tidy my room, Kim. uh, Some of them are called Ghost App Ghosts. Right. Another one called There's a Ghost App for That. And then another one called Bust That Ghost. You would think that an organisation like the Mirror Group in Britain, which is the huge newspaper, has a circulation of millions every day, would know that these things are available and would know not to run stories on them. Unless they actually know this is the case and just want to, you know, be sensationalist and sell newspapers. Because the headline, you know, ghost girl caught in hospital wing is obviously a very prominent one and would take or catch people's eyes. What Do I, I get s- points for that? What, for the- <laughs> For, for torching my story. For that was interesting. It was interesting. It had moments of awe and wonder. I will give you two two points you for that. You busted Adrian's ghost. There you go. What I will say is that if our listeners wish to see this photograph and to decide for themselves, Heather's throwing her head back like some sort of maniacal Dracula going, one chocolate meringue. Ha! Um... I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm becoming American through osmosis. Um, if people wish to see that photograph, it is available to see on our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee, and you can write on there and tell me if I'm wasting everybody's time or whether Kim <laughs> is in fact right to call that one out. Heather, what have you got for me? It's not attacking another story of mine, is it? By any chance, no, in no, the round no. of ghosts and fake hauntings. Ghost pirate Willie Wilcox spotted in a cave picture. Willie Wilcox? Yeah, don't you know him? No, I don't, know. Oh, Has he got a patch over his eye hole? Yes. Fabulous. 
This haunting picture appears to show the moment a legendary pirate ghost was captured on camera for the first time. It's fake. I've never seen it, but I'm telling you now it's fake. It doesn't exist, I tell you. It's a young woman dressed up in Dickensian clothing. <laughs> British businessman John Dreyer was holidaying in Polpero, Cornwall, when he started snapping away at the darkened caves. That is pirate country down there. He's in is the it? right place to see pirates. Absolutely. It's all cobbled lanes and smuggling. Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Yep. It was only when he returned home that he spotted a ghostly figure in the background, which he believes is a notorious pirate called Willie Wilcox. I didn't know he was notorious if you didn't hear of him. I've not heard of a pirate called Willie Wilcox, but then That's again, fun I, to don't, say, admit. I don't. <laughs> William. Mr. William Wilcox, sir, to see you. <laughs> I shall receive him in the drawing room. Uh, if you stand back from the screen, two hands are visible along with a head and a distinctive eye patch. There's always an eye patch. Yes. Do you know what the theory is on pirates wearing eye patches? Have you heard this? It's believed that pirates wore eye patches because if they're fighting on the deck of the ship, if they have to go below deck to do more fighting it's obviously dark down there so if they've got a patch over their eye when they get below deck and it's dark they just take the patch off and their eyes already adjusted and they can keep going without that moment of darkness for your eye to adjust and they think pirates wore eye patches not because they had an eye missing but it allowed them to fight and to see instantly in a dark environment and they just took the patch off and carried on did there not you go. know that informative mm-hmm. and funny who could want more from a paranormal quiz show Legend has it the 18th century smuggler was on a run and was last spotted hiding in the area's underground caves. He was never seen again, and stories suggest he became trapped by a rising tide, and his spirit now haunts the area. Mr. Dreyer, a graphic designer, said, I was down there for a few days visiting my parents as they were down there for a week. It was great to see the old sites again as we'd not been down there for so long. And even more so seeing the pirate ghost of Willie Wilcox, a story which as a child equally fascinated me as it did scare me wow so the pirate willie wilcox and you've seen this photograph have you i have and are you going to explain that to our listeners Is yeah it-, it was matrixing it was matrixing <laughs> so you read a story out for ghosts and hauntings and then dismiss it at the end Yes. So what you're saying to me is that we've just done an entire round of ghosts and hauntings. And With not, no ghosts. And none of it was true. <laughs> well, I can only apologise for our listeners. Next week we'll try and get back on course and actually do what it says on the tin. How uh, does that sound? I believe he believes it was a ghost. How, does that help? It does. There are some fabulous ghost stories around that part of the country. Um, there was a story I read that was very intriguing to me. There was a ship called HMS Javelin. And it was off the coast of the Isle of Wight on the south coast of England. And as it was due to come into the docks and uh, a pilot boat had gone out to guide it in through the sandbanks, um, there was a sudden um, sense that there was plague on board. There was a rumour went around that this ship was carrying the plague. And if they brought it into the dock, the plague would then spread, the Black Death. So the harbour master blocked the ship from coming into the harbour and refused for them to land. And at that point, the ship basically stayed out. Um, a mile out of shore and people could see it in the distance and it wasn't allowed to dock anywhere in britain and it was then believed that the crew just perished on board because they ran out of food and water because they didn't want the plague to spread so this idea of a ghostly ship on the south coast the hms javelin just sat out there as a three-mast ship and not allowed to dock because they believed the plague was on board and they just sat out there and perished and then finally you know after many many years the anchor broke and the ship drifted off into the darkness and the fog isn't that a fabulous story it's absolutely 100 percent true so i'm going to end the round 
of ghosts and hauntings you've got some more there have you i'm going to carry on because i need the points i was going <laughs> to on the back of the fact that we haven't actually read out a proper ghost story yet in the round of ghosts and hauntings and uh, for fear of being sued for false advertising i'm going to try and squeeze in another paranormal story for you it says house haunted by a poltergeist which lifted woman out of her bed is listed for rent on right move Potential tenants may have to share the house in Liverpool with an unwanted guest after significant paranormal activity was claimed by previous inhabitants, with one expert saying it is haunted by a poltergeist from the 1800s. Situated in Pickwick Street in Toxteth, potential tenants will need nerves of steel to arrange a viewing of the three-bedroomed terraced property they would need nerves of steel just to live in toxteth in liverpool i would suggest social housing group plus dane who owns the property have confirmed reports of paranormal activity were first made in 2008 by the residents so not from the 1800s at all then apparently (laughs) on the market for 91 pounds per week so if you wish to rent this property it is 91 pounds per week that's about 130 dollars a week anyone moving into the property will need to be aware of the potential paranormal new roommates that they will share the house with which an expert has described as violent that previously lifted a former tenant out of their bed and shook another house so violently that the owner thought it was going to collapse Local paranormal expert Tom Sleeman says that the ghost known as Pickwick Poltergeist was first, <laughs> sounds very Dickensian, we have a Dickensian theme tonight, was first reported over 130 years ago. So now we're going back 130 years. I wish they'd make their mind up. He said there have been stories about it and it's very unusual that the poltergeist on Pickwick Street dates back to the 1880s. There's another date to play with. It is unusual in the fact that it seems to get around. Most ghosts stick to a haunting of one property but there are a few who flit from house to house often in the same street and the pickwick street poltergeist is one of them this reminds me does anyone want to jump in by the way and tell me that story is made up or rubbish you've got a chance to no i'm good okay next week um i was doing a paranormal investigation in maplewood in the twin cities in minnesota and i was with my team the international paranormal society and the lady called us because she was experiencing a large amount of paranormal activity in her house as it turns out when we went there and we went to investigate she actually had a meth lab in her basement so that may account for some of the paranormal activity um, she claims that she was being stung by ghost bees she said a swarm of ghost bees stung her so i'm not quite sure what one does with ghost bees exercise them and send them back to their hives i guess would those be boobies i <laughs> <laughs> You have a story for me in the round that I is do. Ghosts and Hauntings. I do. I don't have any pictures to dispel on this one, though. The scary and haunted Baker Hotel in Texas. The spacious entrance halls are silent and still, but for the fading echoes of your footsteps and behind you, a little boy's voice whispers, It hurts, Mommy. That's the Baker Hotel in Mineral Wells, Texas. At least if you believe the stories, once an opulent getaway for the rich and famous, hard times forced the baker to close its doors in 1972. It's become something of a local icon, spurred in part by the tales of the ghosts that walk its halls. The usual suspects include a woman in white who took a dive off the hotel's roof. Now that's not a woman in white, that's an app. 
Oh, God. <laughs> and an aura of suffering and disease in several of the rooms. An aura of suffering. That's yes. what comes with supporting West Ham United's soccer team is an aura of suffering. <laughs> I watched a soccer match once. I swear to God, this is the truth. I support West Ham United and they're the only team in East London. They're in the Premier Division for soccer. And I've got photographs of my great granddad standing outside this stadium with a scarf on back in the 1920s. And I watched a game once. And we were 3-0 up at half-time against a team called Wimbledon. And I had an old man next to me. And this old man had obviously been watching West Ham all his life. And if this gives you a flavour of what it's like to support my team, it's almost like the Vikings, I would suggest. So we were 3-0 up at half-time. By the end of the game, we'd lost 4-3. And I turned around to the old man next to me and said, I don't believe it. And he looked me straight in the eye and said, I do, son, I do. He'd seen it all before. We snatch defeat from the jaws of victory every single time. Why do things simple when you can have a roller coaster ride? Yeah, it kind of sounds like your fantasy soccer league. Oh, wow. <laughs> Controversial. Um, there was also a weeping old woman in a wheelchair wailing the phrase, I can't do it, over and over again. They just used that as an excuse to use the W a lot. A weeping woman in a wheelchair. She wasn't from Wisconsin by any chance, was she? And her name's Wilma. Yes. Okay. You've got it. Alliteration gone mad. Plans are underway to restore the dying hotel to its former glory. So maybe the specters will calm down a little and just learn to enjoy themselves soon. Whereabouts is this? In Texas. In Texas. It yeah. always happens down there, doesn't it? Florida, yep. Texas. These are always the same it's places. It's always down south. This is the one haunted hotel where you turn up as an investigator and hope to get a bad night's sleep. Oh, fabulous yeah, we come to the end of the round that is allegedly ghosts and hauntings <laughs> i'm currently on five points heather's on five points kim is on two because she's such a pill and greg is yet to score we run into the round that is ufos and cryptozoology we're running through the woods covered in deet banging on stones and shining a laser pen up into the sky covered in what deet deet that that's the what they used in the Vietnam War to keep insects off of people. Oh. And you're from Minnesota and you don't know this. When you've got mosquitoes here the size of rats and you could put saddles on them and ride them around. I had one for my dinner last week and everyone got a leg. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. You go outside for 20 minutes, you need a blood transfusion. Yeah, and the flies are terrible too. This is very mm. true. And they're from France. They're French flies. <laughs> I'm having terrible trouble with them. I have a story here that says UFO spotted in Antarctica. Is this final proof of flying saucers on planet Earth? Is this photographed proof that aliens have landed on Earth? Or is it simply a black mark on a satellite image that people have interpreted as a crashed UFO as they desperately search for evidence to build up their claims about extraterrestrial life coming into contact with Earth? Posting to social media, a Russian expert said he spotted the black mark in Antarctica whilst using Google Earth. He claims it shows a UFO stuck in the ice after crash landing there three years ago. Mr. Degtareff said, in amongst the endless ice desert, ice desert, isn't that an oxymoron? Ice desert, in amongst the ice desert. That's like saying slightly pregnant, isn't it? In amongst the ice desert, it is the most genuine UFO in its most classic shape. Seemingly ignoring the many other cliff formations and shadows in the area, Mr. Degtareff said the UFO measures between 65 foot and 200 foot, so quite a detailed size then he's giving us, and was adamant, it's got a 140 foot window there just in case he's wrong, and was adamant it could not be explained by anything natural to the earth. 
He added, I think there's a very large dish-shaped flying machine frozen in the ice. Mr. Dekterev claimed the image was not a polar station or a plane, and that he knew of no ship lost in the region. He said it seems that this is a man-made object from the distant cosmos. There's another oxymoron. How can you have a man-made object from the distant cosmos? If it's from the distant cosmos, it can't be from man-made, can it? No. I think he's had a bet with a friend how many oxymorons he can fit into one one story is where we are and here we are reading it out live on air nigel watson author of the ufo investigations manual said it's hard to tell exactly what the image showed claiming the area had a long tradition of alien spacecrafts landing antarctic experts said the black mark was a crevasse if anyone wishes to see what mr degtoreff believes is a flying saucer stuck into the ice of antarctica you can do so by going to our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee where all of tonight's stories are there for you in glorious technicolor for you to see all the photographs and videos and i've actually had a look at this particular image and it does actually look like a crevasse it just looks like a black tear imagine you've got a white sheet and you just put a black tear in it it looks exactly like that i'm not sure where he's getting the idea that it's a ufo shape but people are Happy, I'm happy for you to make up your own mind. If people wish to go on there, they can debate that and talk about that. You look like you've seen the image and you're about to shoot my story down in flames once more. There's yeah. not an app, is there, that puts UFOs on ice sheets? Tell me on there ice isn't. Sheets? On ice sheets? Oh, yes. I thought you said ice sheets, like from Apple. <laughs> I've no idea what you're talking about. I still have problems. iPods, ice sheets. Ice sheets. That's right. I've had a curry and now I've got the ice sheets. This is where we are. It looks like a tear in a white blanket. It looks like you've got a white sheet. You're shooting your own story down. I'm shooting my own story down, so I should give myself points for being sceptical. There we go. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of fake UFO pictures and cryptozoology? All right, you're going to love it. Let's not prejudge it. You tell me the story. I'm going to Iceland. You're going to Iceland, so we're sticking with the theme of ice. Ice. Meet the elf whisperer of Iceland. The elf whisperer. Yes, she sees elves, and yes, she's for real. And she's Bjork, and she's mad. And they have so many hours of darkness there, they're mad. You can call her Raga. Uh, can I? Yeah. Okay. Raga. Well, I assume it's R-A-G-G-A. I think that's a good enough guess. Yeah, My Icelandic's not in- what it used to be, but I think we could get away with it. Iceland is a land where magic happens. Magical people live there, and I don't mean those Vikings roaming the streets, although for all you single ladies out there, yes, they are indeed magnificent. Vikings don't come from Iceland, though. They come from Norway and Sweden. I'm reading. Okay, I'm I'm just saying, you know, historically, I'm trying to be correct here. (laughs) Well, apparently they're magnificent. The Norsemen. Yes. If you don't believe me about the magic, just ask an Icelander. According to one study, up to 72% of people in Iceland believes in elves, trolls, and the Huldufolk, or hidden people, who apparently look just like us but live in different dimension inside rocks. Did you know that? that they, we, we call those people from Wisconsin, don't we? Oh, <laughs> hi, Scott. Yes, controversial. We've lost our one listener in Wisconsin. And it was Scott. And it was Scott. Oh, I can only apologize. Um, anyway, the rocks, which open up, for them, not us, like a Harry Potter tent. Hat tip to Harry Potter. I'm not making this up. This yes, is you really are. what <laughs> this is no, I'm not. I'm reading it. This is really what people will tell you in Iceland. They will even tell you that the stones from a certain angle look like faces are actually elves. 
Elves, trolls, and other sorts of creatures apparently wander all over Iceland. Are they drinking fermented, like, deer juice or something out there? What, what are they? They're, they're hiding in plain sight. What was that? I don't know what they're Six drinking Six months there. of darkness in that country really takes don't a toll. Don't they have reindeer there or something? They do. This is yeah. true. And it's volcanic rocks. This is the one place where you can go to bed with your girlfriend and wake up in the morning Wait six months pregnant. I just had a thought. Oh, Elves my. and reindeer there? Elves and reindeer. You Is can hear sleigh bells. Yeah. Now, that's Greenland, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you're close. You're, you're within the same kind of spitting distance. <laughs> you don't know where Santa Claus comes from. It's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> Lapland, I tell you. He comes from Lapland. Uh, but every now and then, these things will come out of the hiding and even save human lives. Icelandic Parliament member Arnie Johnson nearly died in a car accident in 2010. Arnie but- Johnson comes from Miss Minnesota. I'm sorry. You can't be called Arnie Johnson and come from Iceland. That's a guy who lives down the road in Minnesota and goes no, fishing. No, he is I've from seen, Iceland. No, I've seen grumpy old men. I know what happens. Well, anyway, he... Arnie Johnson. Yeah, he almost died in 2010 in a car accident, but claims he was saved by a family of uh, loving elves that lived in a 30-ton boulder nearby. So to thank them, he agreed to move the boulder onto his property where they would live their lives in luxury. And these people are still driving, are they? And not off the side of a highway. And that is a true story. He moved the rock so they could be safe. I do know they were building a highway through Iceland, and it had to be stopped. For elves? What a small highway. <laughs> Make way for the Elf Highway. We're coming through. It's like a little road going through your garden. That's ridiculous. No, they are. They were building. A, like nothing on this show is, of course. They were building a highway and it had to be stopped because the builders and the contractors were told they shouldn't go through a certain area because there were elves living in the rocks there. That's true, yeah. And they had to take the highway around the elven village and uh, to continue the journey so that is true and they do have a lot of that kind of mythology there a lot of people apparently believe about believe them there the fairy folk there in iceland yeah absolutely yes i I do think we throw in the baby out with the bathwater somewhat when the uh, modernization and modernity came along with the industrial revolution and science and this concept that if it's not proved by science you know it can't exist and we've suddenly gone from a very spiritual kind of community and a spiritual being which humans are to now being a society that if science can't prove it it doesn't exist and we've kind of thrown the baby out with the water somewhat because you know if you go back to native american cultures and you go back to icelandic cultures they still believe you know the spirit of the forest is still there and the elves Mm -hmm. are still there and we've kind of got rid of that i think it's ridiculous to be in a situation where if science can't prove it it doesn't exist because in 1992 we only thought there were nine planets and now there's 2000 so does that mean that before 1992 those planets didn't exist do you see what i mean right there's some people out there that can't see the color red but it doesn't mean that red doesn't exist and i just think we need to scrape and claw back some of our spirituality that we've lost and i'm not beating a drum for religion here but you know spirituality in general has been lost um, due to 21st century living and the concept of modernity and this idea that if science can't prove it then it's not going to exist because that's just ridiculous you know we're discovering new species every day on this planet you know thousands every year get found there was a new species of frog that was discovered recently in indonesia and every week i'm looking at stories where new species have been discovered you know there's stuff out there that science can't prove it hasn't discovered them yet kim what have you got for me in the round of ufos and cryptozoology earthlings and nasa send a toast to martians happy new year happy so this is obviously a current story then yes happy new year 
Yes. You do realise we're in June, right? Yes. Okay, I just thought I'd check. <laughs> this is where we are. In Mars, Pennsylvania, Earth to Mars, Happy New Year. That's the sentiment being offered this weekend in Mars, Pennsylvania, as NASA and other space enthusiasts gather to honor the red planet. The Martian New Year occurs about every two Earth years on Friday and Saturday. I like it. So it is Happy New Year for Martians. Yes. Fabulous. What a great story. You should claw points back for this. NASA will sponsor exhibits and activities in the borough of Mars about 20 miles north of Pittsburgh. The agency hopes to encourage young people to study science and technology fields that will further NASA's goal of sending humans to Mars in the 2030s. Mars on Earth has a population of about 1,700 and a sculpture of a flying saucer in the heart of town. Its (laughs) festival includes a science fiction costume contest. Awesome. (laughs) We should get pictures of that. And the place is called Mars, is it? Yes. That's ace. Well, Happy New Year to all of our Martian brethren out there. And I hope you're listening to the show. And feel free to write to me anytime at mqta at rocketmail.com. I've got a story here that says UFOs spotted above Loch Ness. Do you see what I've done here? I've combined cryptozoology and UFOs. Who knew such things? Forget the fabled Loch Ness Monster. Now we've got something else just as strange. at Scotland's famous lake, where according to legend, a prehistoric beast makes its home. Move over, Nessie. UFOs seem to take a liking to your backyard. A tourist unexpectedly photographed what looks like a pair of disc-shaped UFO objects above the water of the 22-mile-long freshwater lake. Alan Betts was vacationing in the Scottish Highlands with his wife, Anna, and her parents. They were at a holiday cottage near Urquhart Castle, a long-time monster-hunting location. In fact, you can spend your day in front of a computer screen from anywhere in the world looking for Nessie via a live Loch Ness webcam. Alan is quite sceptical about paranormal things. This We covered this in the first story, didn't we? They always mm-hmm. start off by saying, I was very sceptical about UFOs until they came into my front room and gave me a good probing. Uh- Alan is quite sceptical about paranormal things in general. I am not, Anna Betts told the Huffington Post in an email from the UK. I believe in what human beings sometimes can't see or explain. I'm quite a spiritual person overall. However, I have been quite sceptical about UFOs in particular, up until now. We can say 100% that the camera was perfectly fine. It was raining very heavily. There were no lights in the house to resemble the objects in any shape or form. We were also quite high up, about 900 feet above the lake. At the time the picture was taken, none of the family members noticed the thing, or things, in or above the air, in the water of the lock. Betts and his wife only recently looked at the images from their vacation, and that's when they suddenly noticed the unusual aerial objects. After the holiday, we were looking through the pictures on our PC as they were taken on a digital camera. On the PC screen, the resolution was a lot better, and it was only then that we saw the objects. We then zoomed in and we were all in shock. I can't offer any logical explanation, Betts told the news agency. I am probably one of the most sceptical people you could find about things like this, but I just can't explain what it is. I know what it looks like, though. We showed the pictures to Anna's parents, who were as shocked as us, and her dad is probably more sceptical than me. So if you wish to see the two golden discs hovering over Loch Ness in Scotland, again, you can go to our website, on Facebook, more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, and they are there for you 
to peruse. They do say there's a link, don't they, between the Loch Ness Monster and UFOs. People have written about those, you know, the concept of a UFO leaving a, a being behind. You're looking at me again as if I'm mentally. You're going to squash this story, Heather. They look like clouds. They look like clouds, do they? You get lots of round <laughs> golden clouds, do you? They that round like golden object up in the sky is the sun. You realise that? I know you only see it once or twice a year in Minnesota, but that we call that the sun. That's where we are. <laughs> Apparently, apparently they're clouds, and none of the stories we're reading out on tonight's show bear any resemblance to UFOs, cryptozoology, or ghosts and hauntings in any way, shape, or form. I shall give you minus one point. Because, you know, at the end of the day, no one likes a smart ass. For more informative paranormal madness, please stay tuned after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets my Bumfley to discuss all things paranormal. <laughs> I love saying my Bumfley. It sounds so much better than bi-monthly. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, large golden circles that are clouds, crop circles, ghosts, <laughs> and apps that you can get on phones that look like Dickensian children in white dresses running through hospital wings. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why, and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, minnesota for more information visit their website lapig.org for people who believe that standing in a cold dark basement in the middle of the night for hours and end is perfectly normal and i would like to add that that particular group the lakes area paranormal interest group is holding what they call a paracon in long prairie and long prairie is slap bang in the middle of minnesota just 20 miles north of salt center and over the weekend that is the second weekend in july they are holding a conference there to commemorate the 50th anniversary of a very famous ufo landing that took place near long prairie and they're going to have speakers there all weekend paranormal investigations ghost hunts history walks and jerome clark of the ufo encyclopedias who hasn't given a talk for many many years is being brought out of semi-retirement and you will get a chance to hear him discuss all things ufo related so if people are interested in that if you go to lapig.org or track down the lakes area paranormal interest group on facebook it will all be there for you the Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows someone who has, this is to place a bee. Meeting agendas, driving directions and New Year's celebrations for Martians will be available for you with tons of UFO information at mnmufon.org. If you believe that your business or product would benefit from being mentioned live on air across the nation and the globe to a large target audience of morbidly fascinated and strangely interesting listeners, I would love to hear from you. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know, which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania and for the annoying inability to actually tell a story where there's a real ghost or any kind of cryptozoology <laughs> at all. Welcome back to the second part of tonight's show.
If you have just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Rule of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com or you can come and join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and we currently have 55,000 followers on there so thank you for all of those that contribute to that fabulous social media site you can also catch up with all our previous shows over the last two years on soundcloud if you visit soundcloud.com and then type in mq ta radio you can listen to our dulcet tones for as long as you wish i've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies i have fresh flashlight batteries and i now have stories that i genuinely believe fall into the rounds that are categorized (laughs) for them so onwards we march we are in the round that is the strange and the bizarre it's the stories from around the world that couldn't fit into any other category but are too good not to read out live on air Heather, you currently have four points. You are two points behind me. I have six. Kim is on two, and Greg is still yet to score, but the night is still young. What have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I'm thinking about my birthday already. That's in November, isn't it? Yeah. And you're thinking about that already? You've yeah, got nothing my next, better to do. No, my next story just it brings up images of what you guys could pool your money for to get me for my birthday. It's Magic Mike. It's got something to do with Magic Mike. You can't afford him, but yeah, that'd be nice. There you go. See, I'm a psychic. I know what you're thinking. Just because I haven't been able to open my last copy. Well, you've glued it all up, so the cellophane is still... The cellophane looks pristine. Looks brand new. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, she's been into that DVD of Magic Mike, and all she does is get a scalpel, take it out of the cellophane, put it back in the cellophane, and re-glue it is where we are. I've not touched my DVR of Magic Mike. Christ, it's been played more times than The Wizard of Oz at Christmas. I didn't know you could wear out DVDs. No, did I? There's many things you can wear out, by the way. That's why Greg wears glasses. Oh. Controversial. Uh, Swedish company rents out people with dwarfism for corporate parties and private events. What, for stripping? (laughs) No, just for fun. Just for fun. That's a bit unfair for them, isn't it? Apparently, I don't know. Swedish startup Devarge is attracting criticism for renting out people with dwarfism to corporate events and private parties for entertainment purposes. That's sick. Why? Why why is that entertainment purposes that you're of limited stature? How's that entertainment? What are they doing with them? Well, I'll get into that. Is there one called Grumpy and one called Sleepy and another one? Look, that's terrible. How dare you, madam? Do continue. (laughs) Some of the controversial services include dwarf boxing. Dwarf boxing. And dwarf bartenders at a price of 4,000 kronor each. Could you go up to a dwarf bartender and say, I want a short? Oh, Just, see how bad you are. Or and a long drink. This one I don't understand. Dwarf bodyguards okay. are priced at 5,000 kronar per dwarf. Okay. And clients can also hire dwarves for customized services at 1,000 kronar per hour. I'm not quite sure what that there is a, uh There is an organization that does stripping in Britain, and I think we've touched upon this before. And they're made up of dwarves and people that have things like cerebral palsy and the like. And they call themselves the Crippendales. 
This is absolutely genuine, a hundred percent. I am not I making this up. I don't believe you. If you go online now and type in the Crippendales, I'm not going to type you, that you in. You will see people with various disabilities making a living from stripping and being hired out for parties. This is the God's honest truth. I tell you, it's out there for everyone to see if they wish to look that up. Well, just so you know, the ethics of such services are obviously questionable, and the company has been accused of setting a bad example to the nation's youth. But Devar, CEO, founder. Jonas Erickson insists that there is nothing wrong with what this company is offering. We cater for everything from nightclubs to bachelor parties. He said last weekend we had a request for some of our employees to kidnap a guy at a bachelor party. However, the company did remove a service called Dwarf Tossing from the website oh, after man. it was reported in the national media. Wow. I had actually heard of Dwarf Tossing, by the way. And a lot of times it's uh, almost like a shot put. Okay. And they'd throw the dwarves. Otherwise, they put them in a Velcro bodysuit and then throw them against one of those flypaper walls. This is terrible. I can't believe this. This is but outrageous. I have to, I, the, one of the reasons I love this is because one of my favorite stories ever from like the very first episode was what? There was a dwarf. And I'm sure we're using the wrong terminology. But there was a gentleman of limited stature. And uh, he looked the double of Gordon Ramsay. He's my favorite. And he was actually called was his name percy or his something? name was percy and he was called midget ramsey he and was he, midget ramsey he appeared in adult films as a yeah, midget version but... of gordon ramsey he came a very unfortunate death we shouldn't be joking about this but he died because he was out for a walk and he got dragged down a badger hole by a badger he got eaten by badgers so this the, the headline reads Midget Ramsey killed by badgers. And this yes. is the God's honest truth, and I've never seen anything like it. Well, I have a personal story, if you'd like to hear it. Is it something you can share live on air in <laughs> yeah. front of our listeners before <laughs> yeah. we get taken off at 11 There's o'clock? There's not much to do in Minnesota. Southern no, Minnesota true. in the middle of a cornfield. And at one of our local establishments, one night they had midget wrestling. And it was one of the funnest nights I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, there were, we weren't joking with them or you know, making fun of them in any way. In fact, I think I showed you a picture of a photograph I had with one. Bad. His name was Bad Boy Brian. Bad Boy Hi, Brian. Bad Boy Brian. See, yeah. Bad Boy Brian's out there listening. I think he was from Chicago. From Chicago. Bad, it's bad, bad Boy, Boy Brian, Brian from, from Chicago. Chicago. You're going to be swimming with the fishes, you see. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I loved it. It was fabulous. <laughs> That's outrageous. But I didn't get a set of beads, and you know what you have to do for a set of beads. So. I crashed my car. For a, a set of beads. For a set of beads. <laughs> <laughs> and the car I crashed into at a junction had a dwarf in it. And he got out of the car shaking his fist and said, I'm not happy. And I said, well, which one are you then? That is the God's honest truth, I tell you. <laughs> You're terrible. You couldn't make it up, could you? I have a story here in the round of the strange and the very bizarre. It says, woman thinks she blocked her toilet, but what she finds is way more horrifying. Well, that gets the imagination running straight away, doesn't it? We talked about this at the beginning of the show, of the things people find down their toilet. A woman who investigated a block loo has discovered a giant iguana as the source of the clock. An iguana? I don't remember eating that. <laughs> when a 17, I need to chew my food more. When 17-year-old Lily Lindquist used the family toilet in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, hurrah, she noticed there was a blockage. That's normally what happens with people's dads after Thanksgiving. Mum Marion used a plunger but couldn't seem to shift what was ever causing the obstruction. Fun for whole family, apparently. Then the family called a plumber. 
Elsa Scott, plumber for 12 years, explained. To my surprise, I pulled out a large iguana. At first, I thought it was a toy, and then it started moving around. I've never seen anything like this before. This is the first time I pulled something like that out of the toilet. (laughs) The iguana, sadly, did not survive the ordeal. A moment's silence, please, for the iguana. I'm sure it must have had more ambition. (laughs) than to leave this mortal coil in such a fashion it's the last thing you want to do is it to go out of this world in the physical realm by dying being stuck down a toilet can you imagine going to a fortune teller you know i want you to tell me about my death what's going to happen on my death i see water i see a lot of swirling water now it's getting darker I just feel sorry for the poor thing. Iguanas occur regularly along the water's edge of the man-made lake in Poinsettia Heights neighbourhood, and the plumber thinks this poor lizard just lost its way after coming through a rooftop vent. Lily says she's keeping the vents closed from now on in, so anyone who goes into the toilet after has a lot to worry about. I don't want there to be an iguana flying out of the toilet or an iguana biting me on the bottom when I try to go to the bathroom. And Mum Marion says... They're sad it ended this way for the iguana. We didn't want the iguana to die. We did not know the iguana was there. The funeral will be held over the weekend, apparently, and after a short service, they will be flushing it down the toilet. (laughs) Kim, (laughs) what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Shark ejected, killed after semi-truck blows a tire on I-95. Shark ejected? Well, he should have been wearing a seatbelt. What's wrong with it? I know outrageous uh volusia county florida (laughs) (laughs) a semi-truck carrying four sharks crashed wednesday on interstate 95 in volusia county according to the florida highway patrol do you know what was going on the guy in the driver's seat kept turning around and saying if you sharks don't behave yourself i'm going to pull this car over i'm not going to tell you again if i have to stop this car and then he went off the road it's easily done easily done Uh, Troopers said one of the sharks died when the truck traveled into the woods off the interstate near mile marker 238. The sharks were being transported from Marathon to an aquarium in Coney Island, New York, when the truck blew a tire and one of the animals was thrown out on impact. How did Uncle Arthur (laughs) die, Mom? Can you imagine? Hold on. That shark is flying out of the truck. I know. Through the air. Sharknado. I know. If somebody had had seen that movie. they have a GoPro going. (laughs) How did Uncle Dave die? He was cycling along the cycle path and he got eaten by a shark. It's one of those land sharks that you read so much about. At night time, they crawl across your lawn and eat your garbage and knock your garbage cans over. You know there's some little kid somewhere having nightmares about Sharknado. And and mom and dad are saying, it's not real. It's not real. They're in the sea, son. He's looking out of his bedroom window and there's one lying on the lawn. This is outrageous. Evolution gone mad, I tell you. What a fabulous way to end tonight's show. We move into the final round that is called Not For Your Mother. This is my, my favourite. This is our favourite round. We look for stories from all over the world in various websites, newspapers and TV shows. And it's just a joy. Some of the things that we see on a weekly basis are just madness. And we appreciate you listening to us so we get a chance to read these out. These are the stories that are not designed for your mother. If your mother is easily offended, then you need to remove her from the room if there are young children or minors running around this would be a good time to send them off to bed with a hot cup of cocoa and a bedtime story you have been warned the round that is not for your mother heather what have you got for me in tonight's round of not for your mother my boss grabbed my crotch and broke my testicle 
wow that'd be me then what <laughs> you've broken a testicle have you your testicle what? the left or the right one i don't know which one hurts <laughs> neither my <laughs> testicles are fine they were where i left them when the show started and to the best of my knowledge they're still there though i am willing to go and have a look for you bear with me one moment let me stand up no they're still there both fully intact thank you resplendent this business retreat took balls literally a New Jersey man claims his boss drunkenly grabbed his crotch so hard that the doctors had to remove a testicle. No way. Yeah. Michael Peacock, 45, endured three surgeries, including the removal of one of his private parts after he was manhandled during a two-day team-building seminar. Upstate New York. Mr. Peacock. That's yes, what I thought Mr. you Peacock. said. Yeah, yeah okay, it wasn't on. Professor Plum's. No. Oh, no, no, no. That's no. actually very funny. <laughs> On July 18th, 2012, the workers for the data security company Iron Mountain Management went bar hopping in Kingston and took a cruise on the Hudson to foster camaraderie. You know things are going bad when you're on a pub crawl and you lose a testicle? Yes. It's when it makes it home an hour before you get back. That's when you've got to worry. Uh, It's there waiting for you. It's made you a cup of tea and a bacon sandwich. No. My testicles are trained. It makes me tea and bakes my sandwiches. (laughs) Bakes my sandwiches. Bakes my sandwiches. Is that a panini then? (laughs) 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 Do continue, madam. (laughs) But as the booze flowed, boss Richard Langstreet, Became increasingly loud and aggressive, Peacock claims, in the New Jersey Superior Court no, papers. No, it's New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Langstreet drank heavenly throughout the day and into the evening. And then, as the men passed each other outside a restroom, uh, a restroom, excuse me. A restaurant and a restroom. Restaurant, restroom. You can sit and do your business while you're eating your dinner. That was a story. Resting. Do you remember many, many years ago, I read a story where there was a restaurant and you sat on toilets to eat your dinner. It was in Japan. Do you recall that? Mm-hmm. You're looking at yes. Greg. With the memory of an elephant recalled. So you can come and go at the same time. That's pretty much where we are. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that if you had a really bad curry, it could be in and out before you've even left the restaurant is where we are. Is that like in and out burger? Yeah, you could have just catted the middleman and thrown it down the (laughs) toilet, right? (laughs) Apparently the difference between eating a curry there and going to the toilet was about 20 minutes. Oh, no. Um, Anyway, uh, grabbed Peacock's left testicle and squeezed it hard and pulled it down as if to rip it from his groin, court papers claim. Oh, sweet Jesus. The emasculating attack, which left the six foot eight, I don't know why he would even attempt to grab his Johnson, Peacock, not only unable to strut, but doubled over in pain was a perverse and misguided attempt by Langstreet to bond with Peacock while simultaneously demonstrating (laughs) his authority and dominance. Do you think we should bond, Greg? (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'd ask. When are we having our team-building excursion? (laughs) Not going to (laughs) happen. I'm quite happy with the symmetry, if that's okay. If he's got one removed, Mm -hmm. I know now they have prosthetic testicles, and you can get a lead one made up, and it readjusts and gives you the weight, so you have symmetry again. But the only trouble with that is his wife, two years later, gets lead poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much a case of putting lead in your pencil, but lead in your pencil case. That is terrible. It's true, I tell you. You won't be able to go through airport security if you've got a lead testicle. They'll be having to explore other avenues. You'll never get through. I I know they have. We've talked about this, too. You're right, though. They do have prosthetic testicles that they can put in there. Of course they do. 
they do it for dogs yes. show dogs this is very very true you can get your marbles and your medals put back this is 100 percent true. that is very true anyway he was having problems because he got fired after that and his co-workers were calling him a drag queen oh so the man who had his and testicle ripped off got fired he did why I doesn't say, but probably he, had time he, off work to have his testicles repaired. Yeah, three surgeries later. Yes, that's just not funny. Come no, into the swelling. That's outrageous. You wanted it to swell, though, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I used a bag of frozen peas in a way a bag of frozen peas should never be used. Is where we are. That was after your horse riding incident. Yes, I, I did six hours of horse riding across the Midwest Plains in Wisconsin, having never ridden a horse before in my life. And listeners, ladies and gentlemen, it would have been easier to have sandpapered my ass, kicked me in the nuts, and we could have just had done with it there and then. And I did use a bag of frozen peas. This is very, very true. There was every colour of the rainbow. It was <laughs> very impressive. Kim, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? Well, I assume that all of you have heard about the story of the prisoners that have escaped and they haven't been caught yet. Yes, the Shawshank yes. Redemption. This is the prisoners. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. Female prison worker helped inmate escape because he has a big penis. Wow. Is that how this he chiseled re- out? Oh, no. <laughs> I bet sorry. he was popular in the shower block. <laughs> a female prison officer may have let an inmate escape because he was well endowed in the trouser department. Joyce Mitchell, who works at the Clinton Correctional Facility. Clinton Correctional Facility. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Close but no cigar. <laughs> Uh, in Dannemora, U.S., is currently being interrogated about the escape of two inmates where she worked. She, he javelined over the, uh, he pole vaulted over the prison wall is where we are. Is this what we're saying? <laughs> this is how he made his escape. <laughs> After David Sweat, 34, and Richard Matt, 48, managed to break out of jail over the weekend by tunneling through the prison, questions were asked about how they managed to get away unseen. And one man thinks he has the answer. When he's cleaned up, Richard is very handsome and, in all frankness, very well endowed. He gets girlfriends any place he goes. Said ex- even in prison. prison. <laughs> Suggesting he may have been able to sway a prison officer to his will. Wow. Can you imagine having a lineup and the woman standing there and you've got five <laughs> men? It's definitely number three. It's number three. It's definitely number three. See where I'm going with that? No. Okay. Do continue, kid. <laughs> The men's prison break escape involved blasting through several walls, walking on a catwalk six stories high, and clambering through a manhole cover about a mile away from the prison to complete their escape. They had also arranged their beds so it looked like people were sleeping. The escaped cons are still at large, with police hunting them in both the U.S. and Canada. So they're currently looking for two hardened criminals. <laughs> oh, Adrian Edward! fire, I tell you. I have a story here that says Pornhub wants to shoot a porn film in space. In space, no one can hear you moan. Unless you're going to go into re-entry, of course. Oh. Pornhub, the porn video viewing site, is hoping to be the first to shoot an adult film in space. The special interest site, special interest porn site, that worries me when there's a special interest porn site, launched its crusade for the sexy space movie on crowdfunding site Indiegogo. Hoping to rock the world and beyond with sexploitations in 2016 with renowned adult film stars Eva Loria and Johnny Sins. 
At the time of writing, 386 people have donated $8,300 within one day of the campaign being live, with 60 days of campaigning still to go, and 18.3 billion visits to the adult film site in 2014 alone. Pornhub may well reach its funding target of 3.4 million. They're a long way short, aren't they, if they've currently made $8,300 and they need 3.4 million. Wouldn't it just be easier for them to rent an anti-gravity chamber? Does such a thing exist, or have you just made that up? No, they no, do they it do. to train the well, there's astronauts. A, there's the thing called the Vomit Comet, which is an old comet aircraft that goes on a parabola kind of arc and comes down in your wait list for like 20 seconds and then bring up all your dinner. Is that what you mean? That's no. kind of no. I've never heard of these. You're making these up. No, there's an anti-gravity chamber. I do know that $3.4 million is probably more funding than the European Space Agency currently has, which seems <laughs> remarkable when all they're doing is making a space pornography film. That would be a concern. In the entire history of space travel, no astronauts have had sex on either the International Space Station or anywhere else in space. Well, have you seen some of these Russian cosmonauts? It says as far as we there know. There go our Russian listeners. There go our Russian listeners. I can only apologise. But if the human race is to begin colonising other planets, the ability to have a good bonk and perhaps more importantly procreate are arguably pretty important. I do actually know they've done research, especially on the space shuttle, about which direction sperms travel in, in zero gravity, because they don't know if a sperm knows which way to go in zero gravity. Does that make sense? They kind of go in all directions, like dropping a big box of whoppers on the floor in Walmart and watching them all go. So they have done experiments with that. 60% of the funds have been explicitly assigned to the cost of space travel. Currently, commercial spaceflight company Virgin Galactic, no irony there, of course, are offering seats to space with an upfront deposit of $250,000. That's a very large deposit, isn't it, madam? <laughs> so the $2 million that Pornhub are setting aside for tickets to ride into space seems substantially enough for the actor's and the crew liquids behave differently in zero gravity of course and without gravity once an object has been given inertia it never stops so the guy that hit the golf ball on the moon that golf ball is still currently traveling there's nothing to stop it so you see what i'm saying world records could be open you know, could be broken because you know once inertia has started unless it hits something else it will keep going forever in space wouldn't that be out of this world records, not world records? There we go. Oh. Greg has gained himself a valuable point. Still waters run deep. He sits there like a guru, all very quiet, gaining nirvana under the tree of knowledge, the lotus tree. And then every now and then, a little gem comes out of Greg's mouth. And he has gained himself a valuable point. Heather, what have you got for me finally in the round of Not For Your Mother? Oh, saving the best for last. Austrian brothel offers sex for free. To protest high taxes. So it's free. It's free, I tell you, free. Is that not crazy? In Vienna, an Australian... Uh, Australian, yeah. An Australian in Vienna, Australian, wow. Australian. As long as you're not fulfilling American stereotypes of not knowing anything about geography, you keep going. Oh. Wasn't there a scene in Dumb and Dumber where, right, the, the opening scene of Dumb and Dumber... Jim Carrey's in the back of a limousine, which he's supposed to be driving, and he winds down the window, and there's a woman there, and she says she's Austrian. And then he puts on an Australian accent and says, throw another shrimp, shrimp on, on the barbie. barbie. That's exactly what you've just done, Thanks. isn't it? An Austrian brothel is Oh, he's Austrian now, is he? Yes. Wow, he changed his uh, nationality. I didn't even know they had brothels in Australia. They invented them, I tell in you. In Australia? No. Well, in Australia, I think there's places where they're legal, like Nevada. 
But uh, in Austria, yes, this is very true. Which country are we actually in? We're in Austria. Austria, thank you. <laughs> I know it's complicated, but you just... say potato, I say Austria. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the fact that there's eight thousand miles between each country deter you in your opinion. An Austrian brothel. Oh, we're is back offering... in Austria now, are we? <laughs> Austrian. An Austrian brothel is offering a summer special that uh, competitors will find hard to match. Free sex. There you go. Its owner says it's his way of protesting a tax squeeze. Do you reckon if you buy one, you could get one free? Is where we are. No, you don't even have to pay. You don't even have to buy one. You don't have to buy one. It's Mm-mm. been handed out. Yep. Whoever wants Willy it. Willy-nilly. Just turn up. Yep. Makes free you want Willy. To, makes you want to go to Vienna. Yes. Effective immediately. Free entrance. Free entrance. Wow. <laughs> free drinks. Free drinks. And free sex. Hurrah. Uh, the Austrich Daily Quotes owner, Herman Muller, is saying that he will be paying the women working for him to make up for the money that they would normally get from clients. So, so they are being paid, but by their boss rather than by, by the their owner. clients. But like if you walked in, you wouldn't have to pay. Okay, I shall bear that in mind if I'm ever lonely and Greg, I'm in If Vienna. Greg walks in, he wouldn't have to pay. I've seen Greg. He'd have to pay. Oh! <laughs> Controversial. Oh, no, he's going to mute my mic. No, stop. <laughs> Muted. Gone. Disappeared. A woman answering the telephone at the establishment actually confirmed the offer Sunday. She refused to identify herself, though. Prostitution in Austria is legal and Told regulated. You. Yep, I knew that. Muller, who runs other brothels in Germany and Austria, says he is pushing back against what he says is unfair ta- taxation. Do you have to pay extra if they're pushing back against? Oh, of nearly 4 million <laughs> euros or over 5 million in the past decade. So that's how much he's been taxed in the well, past Well, I'm decade. sure the sex trade, if it's regulated, is getting taxed as well. And I don't see if they're earning money in a regulated profession why they shouldn't be taxed as well. Seems to make perfect sense to me. That was from Austria. Yes, I gathered that. We got there in the end. Geographically redundant, but we got there in the end. Yes. I was conceived in Austria. No jokes about my mother at this stage, by the way, but I was conceived in Austria in a field. Oh, since we're talking about Australia. Yes. Um, there was a news story that I forgot to mention. You're not getting any extra points for this. You know I know. That. Okay. Um, somebody, and I think it was actually in Wisconsin. S- and I, hang on a I second. Know, I, missed, I missed the story from Wisconsin. So they're in right. Australia or Wisconsin. Which one is it? No, I'm, I'm kind of mixing them together. Uh, Australia. Australia, yes. Um, people with service animals mm-hmm. that are kangaroos. Service animals. Are not allowed in Wisconsin. Okay. So apparently there are Wisconsinites. Is that how you say it? Wisconsinites? I'm sure. Wisconsinese? That'll do. Wisconsinese? Scottums? I'm sorry. <laughs> you're making your own words up. <laughs> anyway. Um, I've no idea what you're talking about. You're not they're allowed not to allowed bring... to have ca- kangaroos as service animals. What's a service animal? It's like, you know, those seeing eye dogs that they take into Walmart. Apparently so, somebody's so hang, taking, hang, uh, taking a kangaroo with right. them. So you've got a seeing kangaroo for a blind person. That's right. Well, think about how handy it could be. You could use their pouch to put your, your money in. in. <laughs> yeah, you could keep your shopping in there. Fabulous. But that's honest to God they, they could get some of the shopping that you need and the groceries <laughs> from the highest shelves. And they could be your protector because I heard they can box. Absolutely. See? So you're not allowed to use seeing. The thing is as seeing well. Seeing our kangaroos. The thing is, if you get stopped at the grocery store in Wisconsin and you're blind and they say you're not allowed to bring that in here, you could say, why? What have they given? Given me then. <laughs> 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 
you see where we are. I do, but is that not funny? It is the most outrageous thing, and it is in the round of Not For Your Mother. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it's Greg, who managed to not remove himself from the duck egg that is zero. I didn't mute you, though. He didn't mute me, so I shall give him one point, which now still leaves him in last place, but he has, in fact, broken his duck. Heather is currently second place on four points. Kim never recovered from such a bad start of calling out my story in the first round. Who knew? And I've won tonight's show in resplendent first place, and I win the $33,000 IR camera by scoring six wonderful and fabulous points. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and just plain weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. You can also follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, at the end of every show we do, we have an extra 20 to 25 minutes called Not For Your Mother. It is the round where we're not allowed to discuss things live on air. The stories from around the week that are laden with innuendo and are far too risque and would get us a $10,000 fine and see us instantly removed. So if you go to soundcloud.com right now and type in MQTA Radio, our shows are archived on there. We're a couple of weeks behind on our archives but they will have an extra 20 to 25 minutes that are far too risque under any other circumstances you remember also that my current book how to be a christian psychic is now out in paperback edition this week and it would be fabulous for you to join me on amazon as well my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Yaton drainer kim and greg gore and all at the international paranormal society int paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and MUFON of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night